I'm fly like an eagle, I'm yelling go birds. He's sniffing the end zone, I'm feeling like hers. Scramble out the pocket, boy, it's the first. Like Davis, we blitz and put him in the dirt. Making big plays, I'm feeling like slaves. Jump high for the rock, I feel Hello, like ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back into the 610 podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan, and I'm back here on this Sunday night previewing the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tomorrow night on Monday night football. The Eagles come in at 2-0. The Buccaneers as well at 2-0. I did not expect to see this out of Tampa Bay out the gate. I thought they would struggle um, mightily. I did not think they'd win their first game against the Vikings. They did just that. Um, I thought they'd beat the Bears, but you know, I wasn't expecting a 2-0 start out of this team and for them to look as good as they have at that. So the Eagles on a what they call a quote-unquote mini-buy. Um, you know, it's been 11 days since the 34-28 win against the Minnesota Vikings. Hopefully we see, you know, a much more polished Eagles offense, a bit better Eagles defense, and they will have the luxury of getting back James Bradbury they will have Reed Blankenship back out there, and as well for the offense, Kenneth Gainwell. Boston Scott's going to be out with a concussion. Quez Watkins is going to be out with a hamstring. Um, hopefully, that means we'll see Zacchaeus get involved a little bit more, um, and you know, hopefully, that means we will for the running game see you know maybe a, a good dose, perhaps of DeAndre Swift as well as. Um, Kenneth Gainwell. I would look for the carries. I would like them to be about 60-40 favoring Swift, if not 65-35 favoring Swift um, in that category. The Eagles will also be out with Avante Maddox, who's down the nickel, um, is going to be hurt. I mean, you know, Avante Maddox, I just don't understand it. I mean, this feels like it's the third year in a row he's going to be missing time. Um, it feels like, you know what, he he really reminds me of Jordan Hicks. I mean, just a, a good player, a solid player, not like the best at his position or anything. Um, I think actually Jordan Hicks was among, you know, one of the best at his positions during his time with the Eagles. But Avante Maddox is among one of the best nickelbacks, um, nickel cornerbacks in the game, not among, of course, the best cornerbacks in the game, let's put it that way. But you know, Avante Maddox just can never stay healthy. He can never stay healthy. He miss. He's going to be missing probably. Um, you know, a uh, the rest of the season. I would assume with an injury. Hopefully not. But I believe it is a season-ending um, injury to Avante Maddox. And then, um, you know, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming with the, the pec injury to Maddox and he had surgery, I'm assuming that's going to mean he's done for the year. If not, you know, he, you know, could come back towards the end of the season. For the Buccaneers, they're going to be without uh, Kalijah Cansey, who's a calf injury. Um, you know, that's uh, that's big for their D-line. Um, Carlton Davis the third is going to be questionable. Vitavia is questionable with a pec injury. Devin White is questionable with a groin injury. That's a lot of hits to that defense. That's a lot of really, really big hits to the Buccaneers' defense. They've been able to make do so far without Ryan Jensen, but if you're missing you know, four of your starters defensively, 
that is really, or, or they're banged up, that could really, um, you know, be big, especially Carlton Davis is one of the top corners in the game. He's been really impressive so far this year. Uh, and, you know, now where it would have been really challenging, whoever he would have matched up against, I'm assuming he would have been against A.J. Brown. Um, 100% Davis might mean that Brown will have a pretty decent game. Vitavia, him being out or being injured, maybe banged up, I think he's a gamer that can play through it. I think he'll be good to go. But um, if that's the case, uh, if that is not the case, I should say, that would be good for... Um, for the run game, you know, as well as giving Hertz some more time back there in the pocket. I'll tell you what, I mean, this is um, this is going to be an exciting matchup uh, to see that offensive line go up against those big D linemen um, for the Eagles and as well as the big D linemen um, for the Buccaneers because that Buccaneers defensive line is very very stout they're very very solid um they really really know how to uh you know get after it so far this year we've been seeing that I mean you know the sample size is a little small I get that I mean it's just uh it is just you know two games into the season but Baker Mayfield has been you know, I mean, I, dare I say it, he's been among, you know, top half of the quarterbacks in the league with the way a lot of these guys have been struggling. I mean, you know, he, and I feel like it may just be because also the expectations for Mayfield is kind of the floor at this point. I mean, I, I for one, and I think I wasn't alone assuming these guys would tank for maybe a Caleb Williams. I mean, could you imagine being a rookie quarterback and going into a situation with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as your receivers, who, by the way, Darius Slay and James Bradbury, it's going to be very interesting. I would assume, I'm going to assume because of the height advantage, they'll put Bradbury on Evans. But at the same time, I could also see you want the physicality out of Slay, and Slay, you know, could stay with him. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather want Slay on Godwin because of how good of a route runner Godwin is. I just think that would match up a little bit better. Um, if, you know, you had it that way as your corners, but you know, you're going to expect to see a heavy dose of, uh, Mike Evans and, de and definitely Chris Godwin. They're going to want to get that, that guy, the ball, um, a lot as we, as we have known, um, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of what we've seen from the Bucs, they've been able to move the ball effectively. Like I said, the first two games of the year, they're averaging 245 yards through the air and on the ground 96 and a half the eagles are only averaging 181 and a half through the uh air and on the ground 178 of course um a good chunk of those coming last weekend with dandre swift um eagles you know and the bucks both like i said this these two d lines 54 rushing yards allowed by the bucks 52 by the eagles that defensive line needs to hunt early and hunt often from the Eagles. I would expect to see a healthy dose of Jalen Carter in there, Jordan Davis. We really haven't gotten to see those two in there together, Davis and Carter. Typically, you know, it'll be Fletcher Cox manning the middle. It'll be, you know, Carter and and Milton Williams, you know, um, sparingly when uh, Jalen Carter gets in. So I'm really going to be curious to see 
what the rotation is going to look like um, tomorrow night. Uh, the you know as well with the um, with the Buccaneers with Cansey out with Villa uh, banged up. Hopefully that means that the Eagles offense uh, run game will be able to get going. I mean if they can start getting that run game moving, you know it should be a pretty long night for the Buccaneers. I would imagine because of the different ways then the Eagles could attack them on the outside. Um, but you know what? We have to see it tomorrow night from Jalen Hurts and Brian Johnson. I mean, Brian Johnson has to be able to call these players uh, plays a lot better than what we've seen so far. We haven't seen at all, you know, consistent, good offense all four quarters from the Eagles. They haven't put together for all four quarters. It'd be really big tomorrow night if they could do that. Also, um, defensively, want to see these guys again, another side of the ball, all four quarters. want to see them put it together. want to see that secondary look better with Reed Blankenship in there. Thought they looked really good in the first half against the Vikings. Then Minnesota said, all right, we're just going to go to jets. Um, and that completely changed the dynamic of the game defensively for the Eagles. All right. So, I was livid, livid when I heard this the other day. Absolutely livid when I heard this on 94-1. Rondé Barber, Bucks cornerback Rondé Barber, his uh, number is going to be retired um, during the game tomorrow night. He will be there, uh, and I I believe it's um, his number being retired. It's either his number being retired or there, he's in the ring of honor. I think it's his number, most likely. So years ago, 2012, they trotted out when the Eagles visited the Buccaneers that season, 10-year anniversary of them winning their Super Bowl against the Eagles. Just so happened, coincidentally, on a random December day during the season, they brought out John Gruden and that team, and they, you know, at halftime, you know, I'll never forget it. I will never forget them standing there in the middle of the field and, you know, watching on the Fox halftime show and them showing, you know, John Gruden raising the Lombardi trophy. And, you know, just so happens they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Just so happens. Just like it just so happens tomorrow night that they're going to be bringing out Rondé Barber. Are the bu- the Buccaneers are so they're a bunch of losers. I'm sorry, but that is that is so pathetic. This hasn't been a thing. This isn't a rivalry anymore. They're trying to make this into a rivalry. This is not a rivalry. There is no rivalry there. The reason why it was more brutal 10 years ago when they did this crap compared to when it is now is we have a ring. It's put to bed Rondé Barber's stupid pick six against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. It's put to bed them beating the Eagles 17-3 to open the season the following year in the link after them winning the Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, if it wasn't for the fact also that John Gruden knew the freaking Raiders offense like the back of his hand in that Super Bowl, I don't know if the Buccaneers win it as handedly as they did. So, any what's completely, completely 
you know, um, happenstance that they were able to do that and praise, uh, you know, praise their little Super Bowl ring. Um, it only took them, you know, 18 years later to finally have a team that could come close to sniffing the Super Bowl because they've sucked ever since that year that they had a king's ransom to get Gruden from uh, Oakland. And now, it you know, you're seeing, uh, you know, what happens before and after Brady. Of course, I was just praising for how good they looked. But nevertheless, get out of here with this crap. It doesn't matter. No one is even, no one playing on either of these two teams, even coaching on either of these two teams, even remembers it. I mean, who cares at this point? Like, come on. Are we really doing this? I mean, we are really doing this. In the year 2023, you're going to gloat a Super Bowl win 21 years ago. All right, Tampa Bay, have your little fun. N- knock yourselves out. I mean, I, you know, what a bunch of losers. That's all I have to say. Losers. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I hope the Eagles put 40 on their defense and Rondé Barber can take his stupid number 20 and stick it. Because let me tell you what, I I when I saw that, I was so livid. Um, I was listening to WIP. I don't think Ike Reese was happy with it either. I was so livid. So livid. I mean, in 2012, it ticked me off. I wasn't even, I was one, and that pisses me off. Pathetic. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a loser franchise. They've been a loser franchise for most of uh, my football, you know, fandom. They stink, aside from their one little Super Bowl with Brady that they needed a super team for, and now they're going to continue to rub salt in the wound of the Buccaneers 27-10 win over the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. All right, Tampa Bay, enjoy yourselves. I've enjoyed my little rant here. Thanks, everyone, tuning in. Um, went a little off, but I think it was granted, uh, you know, with the way Tampa Bay is, uh, is, uh, is, is showing up the Eagle. I mean, the only guy that really remembers it is Jeffrey Lurie. When you think about it, he's the only one that was that was there. It's like, really? When we go out and face the Panthers, it's not like they run around with their, you know, um, you know, whatever have you. Of course, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but still, you know, it's not like they, you know, bring back the 3 team or anything. I, I, I get it was a Super Bowl team, and I get it's your, it's a prime time game, but they really couldn't have done this last week. This just so happens they need to do this tomorrow night. All right, whatever. And it took you this long also to retire his number. He's only been retired for 10 years. We retired McNabb and Bryant Dawkins basically six months after they hung it up. But, uh, oh, well. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And as always, I will talk to you next time, hopefully tomorrow night, hopefully celebrating an Eagles win against the Bucks, the Yucks, um, as I should say. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and I will talk to you tomorrow night.